another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I'm your host, Spicy Madi, and join with me today is the beautiful and lovely Dr. Allie. Hi. She's always the best co-host ever. And we also have the lovely Victoria Florence, who is a certified dating coach, and she's also an emotional intelligence coach as well. She has not one, but two certifications. Victoria, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what makes you so special? Because I'm me? No. <laughs> um, I am very passionate about relationships, and so early this year I started my um, relationship coaching. And I am focusing on life after heartbreak, redefining yourself. That is something that is very dear to my heart. And I realized that there is a huge opportunity to be able to help people step out um, embarking on a new journey. So that is why I'm here. Um, ready to help people. Well, of course you're here because I wanted you to come as an expert. Yes, yeah, but too. your purpose in life, how did you get here like to where you are in life? So I went through um, some pretty bad breakups that I thought I would never get back from. Like majority of us. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Devastation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I really had to search deep within to figure out what my next step was. And I really felt that I could take my my history, my past and relationships and use that as a platform to help others. You know, everything from um, emotional abuse to physical abuse. So, um, yeah. Great. Well, welcome yeah. to the relationship community. Thank you. Thank <laughs> We're you. excited Thank you. to have you. And uh, Dr. Ellie and I always start off with the spicy dish. So we kind of give like the latest and greatest of what's going on in news and gossip. Okay. And uh, Scott Disick, who is on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, is currently dating Kourtney Kardashian. Well, they broke up, but we all know him always. as her lover. Always. They're always on this like up, <laughs> in and makeup, out, up and down, yeah, all over the place. Breakup roller coaster. And uh, the reason why I picked this particular um, breakup for us to talk about is because the most recent episode, he has been acting out, been going crazy. It's all over like People Magazine, like every magazine's talking about how his behavior has become kind of wild whenever he goes through like the breakup phase with uh, Courtney. And in this particular most recent episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, he is putting the blame of his acting out on Courtney. <laughs> Look at my face. He's <laughs> saying that it's not a reflection of the way that he feels about her or that he loves her. It's a reflection of uh, them not being together and how much he does love her and how she's like driving him to be this wild child and act out. And when I was watching it, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, okay, one, why is she even entertaining this? I get he's the father of your children, but still. And then two, why isn't he taking any accountability for his behavior? And then three, maybe he just doesn't know what he's doing. Like, maybe he's not self-aware and doesn't know emotionally really how to articulate himself. Like, doesn't have that emotional intelligence. And so that's part of the reason why I brought in an expert in that field and uh, wanted to get a little input from both of you guys. One, I think he is gaslighting the fuck out of her. <laughs> like, he is making... That's another way to put it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Legitimately, yeah, sure. he is sitting here telling her that the things that he... is His genuine bad behavior is, like, her fault? How in the world does that work? What math is he using? It's called the art of manipulation. Right? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and like, it's a trauma bond. Like, it is a straight-up trauma bond. He is he is working to, like, she, so she's in this, in this place where she's so traumatized by all the things that he's done. She's releasing this oxytocin, and it's literally being bound to the pain that he's giving her. 
Well, she tried to separate herself by not inviting him to her sister's party. And he's pointing the finger saying like, this isn't about you. Like you should have totally invited me. Mm. And you know, no. I'm not doing the things because I don't care about you. I'm doing them because I actually do care about you. Ladies, time yeah. to stop confusing assholes for alpha males. Yeah. And explaining yourself over and over and over because at some point I feel like once you tell someone I'm not talking to you but then you talk to them again you saying <laughs> that really doesn't matter anymore it starts to point. lose yeah it start to it starts to lose the momentum so she has some responsibility in that as well so i want to dive a little bit into what I think has a deeper meaning of what he's doing which not just the manipulation component but just the lack of awareness and him not being able to understand that this like repetitive pattern of uh, abusing the trust, abusing, you know, her love, um, the example that he's setting for his kids. And don't get me wrong, she's not blame free either because she continues to allow this behavior. Right. And what did we talk about earlier? Right. earlier? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Allowing <laughs> the, the behind the scenes conversation, the accountability that's not right. being taken. But does anything of it about it have to do with him being a man and him not having the emotional intelligence? Matter of fact, what is emotional intelligence? So emotional intelligence is exactly what it sounds like. It's understanding the purpose of your emotions, why you have them, why us as humans have evolved to have them, and then how do you go about utilizing them in your daily life to get you things that you want and to make you a fully functioning member of society. So based on that, him telling her or expressing the reason why he's acting out, he's clearly aware that he is not handling something correctly. Mm -hmm. So at what point do you start to say, now these are excuses to excuse your bad behavior because you're choosing to act this way? I have an issue with that. When people can tell you that I know I'm not doing something right, you're fully aware of that. Mm -hmm. So why do we see it so much, and I feel like, we hear a lot of complaints from women in particular about men doing this. You know, is it nature versus nurture? Like this is, you know, how we were raised or is it because this is how we popped out of the womb? Uh, which one is it? Because I feel like there's a huge difference in how we're able to articulate ourselves as women and, you know, be emotional and let our partner know when we're hurting as opposed to going out and sleeping with 20 people. I think this is how we've socialized boys. I think we've made it okay for them to process their pain physically and their go-to emotion for tends to be anger. Yeah. So when they're sad, they, instead of being sad, they get angry because it's more powerful. And in our society, we feel like men are supposed to be powerful and women are supposed to, it's okay for us to be quote unquote weak and express weaker emotions, which are actually not weak at all. Right. But experiencing the emotion that you're actually experiencing is quite appropriate. Right. As opposed to translating it into something else so you can seem less weak. Right. Um, so I really do tend to think a lot of it is socialization. And of course there is that genetic component where testosterone, my dad always says testosterone is one hell of a drug. And it does naturally make people more aggressive. So there is that. Yeah. And I think too, when you hear people say, oh, he did it, he's a man. Oh, you expect so this fair. because he's a man. Oh, okay, well he cheated because he's a man. Being sexual is woman and man. Right. Like, we got organs for those parts. Exactly. Too. So to say, oh, he did <laughs> this do. because he's a man, that's also an excuse, I feel like. They're, I don't understand how you can validate cheating on someone because they're a man. So why do we go back so much? Like, why would you say it's such a repetitive pattern for us as well? 
if they're continuously misbehaving and we're continuously taking them back. I feel like it's it's addictive. It becomes addictive. Um, we're addicted to the dysfunction. To the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the other side of that dysfunction is what is this relationship? What would this be if I wasn't addicted to it? The fear of the unknown. If I'm not with this person, what does my life look like? And so you get used to your routine, your pattern, your relationship, because you know what you're going to get. You know mm-hmm. what happens when this person gets mad. You know mm-hmm. what happens when this person cheats. And you go back and forth, and it becomes comforting instead of really seeking the other side of that, which is life without that person. And, like, it's scary, the unknown, but... Absolutely. Yeah. In addition to, and just to add on, like, to that addiction component, I also think that, uh, yes, we love the coming back and the emotion. I think also that it draws in us. Like, I wrote a blog called uh, Why Nice Guys Finish Last. Part of it is because... <laughs> don't be, don't be. Nice guys do finish last. Unfortunately, that's what we should wind up ending up with. But the problem with it is that because there's not this excitement, there's not this emotional like trigger of um, what we have interpreted as passion. Mm-hmm. And so because we're not feeling the passion in the relationship, we, we're stirring things up on our own. Be it outside of the relationship, you know, with somebody else, or we're looking to create problems in order to just feel something. Because when things are safe and they're pleasant and they're peaceful, we get sometimes uncomfortable with that when previous relationships we didn't have peace. Mm-hmm. Or previous relationships we didn't know what a healthy one looked like. We only knew that turmoil. So we're looking for like that feeling that we've now defined as love when really it's dysfunction. Mm-hmm. But the bad boy creates that for us. The bad boy who we don't know if they're going to be home or what time they're coming in or uh, who they're texting on their cell phone while we're sitting right motherfucking there. Uh, <laughs> yep. You know, like we feel something that evokes a constant emotion in us. And that emotion is exciting. We get addicted to that like, oh, I'm going to find something. Oh, I'm going to like stir something up. And it's also, it's the, it triggers the same part of our brain that is triggered when you're gambling. Yeah. So it's it's called inconsistent reinforcement, Cha-ching! right? Yes. You go to that you you go, you hit that little thing, whatever, the slot the slot machine, <laughs> and you don't know when you're going to win. Mm-hmm. And it's with the same thing with that guy because but when you do win, it feels so good because you've been waiting on it yeah. and you had no idea when it was coming. And it's the same thing with a guy when he's so inconsistent, you have no idea when he's going to be nice to you, you have no idea when he's going to be mean to you. When he actually is nice to you, it makes it feel so much more important and so much yeah. more real. And then they've, there's been a lot of studies that show that if, like, for example, when rats are reinforced inconsistently, so they hit the bar and they get a treat, but they don't know when. Right. They hit the bar way more. Oh, they're like, ding, ding, Yeah, ding. than when they know they're going to get it after every three hits or every five minutes. They hit it more when they have no idea. It's just the way our brains are put together. But that's why sometimes, too, we get into abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentally abusive, verbally abusive, physically, I mean, all of it is abusive. But it's because, and I think you've mentioned this before, is that whole, you know, when I'm mistreated, now I'm so hungry for the good treatment Mm -hmm. so that I can feel that love. Because this pain is going to be temporary and I'm going to get back to the good stuff. I just want to get back to the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're not even paying attention, some um, victims of abuse will do something just to get in trouble, Mm -hmm. just so that they can get the good treatment again. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I can speak to that from being in a physically abusive relationship previously, a lot of that also comes with wanting to be a fixer. Mm. And when you are a fixer and the maintenance person within a relationship, 
you don't realize that there really is no relationship. Mm -hmm. It's you doing this maintenance and trying to change this person and trying to get them to realize and recognize their behavior. And that's not possible. People mm -hmm. have to be accountable for themselves and people have to want to change for themselves. You doing the work and trying to lead someone to drink water, you're going to tire yourself out. You're going to lose respect for yourself and your boundaries are non-existent. Mm. Mm. So I learned that. I learned that. It was the hard way, but I learned that. <laughs> You're like, but it does. It's think, done. Yes, I think I've shared that same lesson as well. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've, yeah. I've been in that same situation. And it's a hard pill to swallow mm -hmm. when you understand that you have a role to play yes. in the mistreatment that's happening to you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, not to take it back to the Kardashians, but I think that that's something that Courtney consistently does is like instead of you know releasing this person from her life she continuously goes back hoping that like each time he's going to be a different person yeah. and he's always the same person yeah. mm -hmm. always mm -hmm. yeah and it's just unfortunate because people are so afraid of the unknown like you said but it also means that they don't believe that the potential for their purpose mate is out there like they would rather stick with the bad then do the work that it takes to meet somebody who might be the best for them. Yeah. One thing I've learned about the unknown is it's never as bad as you think it is. Yeah. Your anxiety always gives you these premonitions of this horrible future, but it's very rarely as bad as you imagine it. I don't think I've ever actually had an experience be as bad as I imagined it. Sometimes it's better. It's almost always better. Yeah. You know, and so there's something beautiful about the unknown that I think as people we need to really begin to get more comfortable with. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a meme that like my girlfriend sent on a group chat or whatever. I know you Everybody. Victoria said earlier she loves memes. She feels like they express uh, her feelings now. She doesn't yes. need to speak anymore. <laughs> But there's this meme that I'll probably put up on the screen, like somewhere right here, um, that is a photo of, like, I think it's like eight beautiful men. They're gorgeous, all right? There's like every color, every jaw structure, every hair texture, I mean, a different wardrobe. Oh, they all have like different mystiques. And on the group chat, we were all, they're, they're each numbered, and we're all choosing which number if we had to um, sleep with them, which one we would choose. Of course. And <laughs> that's just what we do. Just what we do. Just like, and so I'm like, oh, I'll choose like two and six. My other girlfriend was like seven and eight. Then my other girlfriend was like, oh, I'll pass. They all look too feminine. And I'm like, okay, how are you defining <clears throat> them being feminine? Is because mm -hmm. they're, you know, so beautiful? Or she's like, well, their eyebrows are a little too arched for me. They just look too soft. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a different time now. Men are capable of being softer. They don't have mm -hmm. to, like, would you feel better if they had, like, an axe in their hand and he was, like, chopping wood? <laughs> like, would that make you Ball feel like he was more masculine? <laughs> because these are just beautiful faces that I'm mm -hmm. seeing. But she was like, no, I'm all for guys, like, being emotionally in touch, you know, being raised by their mamas. Like, I get that whole thing. She was like, but... I just feel like, um, you know, it's okay if he cries on my shoulder, but I just need to know that his testosterone is high. But I'm like, you can't tell that from a photo. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is the problem with like men feeling that they constantly can't be soft. I mean, we're going off of looks for this meme mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But my point is that you're talking about that on the group chat. You're definitely talking to whoever yeah. you're dating the same yeah. way. Right. And it's just unfortunate because as women, we say, 
we want our guys to be sensitive. We want them to be in tune with us emotionally, know our wants and our needs. Well, in order to be able to connect with the woman, you really have to understand how a woman thinks and feels and be kind of somewhat connected with yourself in order mm -hmm. to do that. And so at the same time, we're like, oh, but we want them to be extremely masculine and rugged and a man's man and be strong 24-7. That's a lot to live up to. We put so much pressure on our men. Always. I've always said that. I think we put so much pressure on them. They have to make all the money. Mm -hmm. And then they have to sit down and chat with me and be my therapist at night. They have to be my masseuse and rub my feet, keep the house clean. <laughs> oh, you're going to put Occasionally. Rubs? Let me add that to the list. I've had a foot rub in a minute. I know. Aaron, he's good. He got the shoulder. He does these. I get migraines, so he does these little temple massages. I have to negotiate <laughs> with my fiance to give me a rub. I'm like, all this luscious booty and you <laughs> don't want to rub on all this? I'm tired. No, I'm normally the one that's like, please don't touch me unless you're ready to have sex. <laughs> He's just happy to touch me in any way that is... <laughs> He's like, I get to touch you today? Yes! <laughs> yes, when? So, it. yeah, he's just excited, like, yay! <laughs> She's letting me touch her! That's I'm the hilarious. worst. I'm so sorry, babe. And you're in a relationship, too, Victoria, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. How does he handle you being in the profession that you're in? So, right now, you are, um, you know, you're life coaching people. You're helping them. Uh, through their issues, be it relationship, dating, um, whatever past experiences they struggled with. <laughs> is there some insecurity that comes on his end with you being so involved in other people's relationships? Not at all. Um, he has actually been a huge supporter in me doing this and actually brought out that our relationship and the things that we've been through have been able to contribute to my coaching mm. wow. um, and give me another viewpoint to things so i'm i'm really grateful yeah he's been is a, he a the one help. he is exactly what i need right now oh where i, like I am that. beautiful in my answer. life that's um, the perfect answer perfect. it's like not really gonna put it out there because <laughs> um you know anything could happen but not if even... he proposed would you say yes i would say yes <laughs> I would say yes. There you go. But the reason why I answer that way is because when I when you say the one, I feel like I have had the one in different parts of my journey. Absolutely. And I definitely I feel like right now in my life, I am more confident and more aligned with me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like this is always the place that I need to function from. And I can only get better from here. And he's been a wonderful addition to my journey. So mm. that is why I say that. I love that. Yeah. That's sweet and soft and all that yeah. good stuff. But let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's no, I'm joking. <laughs> let's get to I it. Mean, I have some of that for you later. But I, want, I, I still want to stay on the topic, though, of just talking a little <clears> bit more <throat> about the importance of emotional intelligence. And some people who aren't able to connect uh, with themselves or what they're feeling, why they're feeling it, and able to express themselves intelligently, what are some... Uh, spicy tips that they can do in order to strengthen that. Do either of you guys have any suggestions? Like, how did you get emotionally intelligent? Am I? No. I'm just <laughs> um, I think first and foremost, your relationship with yourself is the, the start of everything. And if you can't communicate what it is that you're feeling or, mm -hmm. or communicate, I mean, yeah, communicate in general, it's going to be hard for you to understand other people. Absolutely. And you will always be coming from that place within you that is struggling to heal or whatever it is. So I feel like once you really understand you and what you're about, 
it makes it easier to start to understand other people and see where other people are coming from and why you have certain reactions. That's something that I've really been working on this year mm. is understanding what my triggers are and understanding why. Um, and once I realize those, I realize that it's less about the other person. It makes you less judgmental and yes, critical. Mm. Absolutely. You said you mentioned a book earlier that you just finished reading. Yes, loving what is, and it's exactly like the title. It's being more in the present and not within our expectations mm. and not what we think other people should be doing or what other situations should be, but accepting them exactly how they are um, and really living in that, but looking at ourselves to understand our reactions and how we could possibly view things differently. Okay, I'm going to have to pick Good. that one up. Right. You can put that on the oh spicy Loving book club list. Yes. <laughs> so good. Yes. Christmas is coming. That's great. Christmas that. is coming. you got to buy so books good. People. I love it. Okay, Dr. Ali, I know you always have, like, great exercises and tips as well of, uh, you know, if I'm in a relationship with someone who I know is having a hard time expressing himself emotionally or just understanding, you know, why we keep bumping heads, you know, what are some things that even if I'm suffering from it, like that I can do to strengthen uh, my ability to be emotionally intellectual. Well, I think a part of it is also, like you said, like knowing yourself. And there's this book. How that does one I know read. themselves? Well, Who you, am I? Where all, am I? You constantly change all the time, and so you have to be present. So I'm. I feel like one of the first things I do with any client or any patient is I sit them down and we work on mindfulness because if you mm -hmm. can't exist in the current moment, you can't change anything. Absolutely at all and so a lot of us are so disconnected from the present that we're not able to actually even get to the starting point of being able to change and so that's the, so the first thing I have people do is yeah so get present under, because like today I'm this way but 10 years ago I was a very different person absolutely and I will be yeah. a very different person probably in five years right you know and that's the whole point you're supposed to always be changing and you have to constantly be getting to know yourself and constantly learning new things about you so that's the first step and then you have to start like practicing what does it feel like when I'm angry why do I get angry like you know because what fires together wires together the more you do something the easier it becomes to do it again mm -hmm. and so the more you practice being aware of your thoughts and your feelings then you're like oh when I'm angry a lot of times I get angry because I'm embarrassed so if my girlfriend or my wife or my fiance says something to me that makes me feel a little vulnerable or a little embarrassed I don't stay in my embarrassment I just switch instantly to anger and now we're having a fight when she embarrassed me. She didn't even mean to, you know. And so there's this book that I read a few years ago that really helped kind of like highlight that. It's called Hold Me Tight by Dr. Sue Johnson. And it is like the basis for emotion focused couples therapy. And it talks about how your partner is your new caregiver. It's your new mom, your new for dad, sure. whoever was your caregiver. Oh, now my God. all like the issues so that you care of my fiance. Right? Right? That's what we do. <laughs> He's like my caregiver. Let's, yeah. let's hope, I mean, clearly, daddy. But, um. Puppy? <laughs> he literally looked up. <laughs> he was like, mm hmm. Yeah, that's me. He knows. He knows. But, um, <laughs> so, any issues, especially any unresolved issues that you had with your caregivers, you were going to transpose those onto your spouse Absolutely. and your partner. And so, you're going to have these communication patterns that you're used to having in your families of origin. And now these two families are now merging in one Absolutely. and these different communication patterns and you trigger each other. And so I would say f you once you've increased this awareness, now it's about focusing on the dynamics and on the patterns and realizing that the patterns are the problem, not each other. Yes. Like you're not my enemy. Yes. The way we communicate, yes. the way we interpret our circumstances, that's the enemy. 
And that's what we need to be dealing with. And that's what we need to be aware of. So I think that would be kind of where I would go. There's a great book also called Getting Ready for Marriage that Ooh. my mother bought for us. And it's a Christian-based book. Um, well, the authors are Christian. But and there are some spiritual uh, questions in there. Mm -hmm. But what I like about the book is that there's questions in there that I have yet to ask him and that I didn't even think about. And I'm like, oh, I thought about everything. Like, I ask you, like you know, what's in between your toenails? Like I literally, there's questions in there that I'm still mm -hmm. learning that I'm like, oh wow, I didn't know this. And it's been really beneficial because you're right. Like there are two families merging together. So it even makes you create a family tree of mm -hmm. one and oh, you know, one another. And then within the family tree, I'm asking, okay, well, who in your family had alcoholism? Okay, well, who in your family was divorced? Well, who in your mm. family, because statistically, you know, those are repetitive patterns. Mm -hmm. If you're a child of a divorcee, your chances of divorcing increase astronomically. So, you know, there's certain things that once you're mindful about it, now you're aware and you're mm -hmm. able to, you know, tackle the potential of something happening. Okay. But, uh, I mean, in addition, there's a spicy assessment that I created for the spicy life. And you um, gave me some of your expert input on it as well, because a lot of clients were coming to me with this self-perception of who they thought that they were. Yes. Mm. And when they took the assessment, mm -hmm. because I was comparing it to actual things of like, okay, well, are you really self-aware and are you alert? Do you have emotional intelligence? And there were certain things that they were just like, completely far off of the grid. Like you can't say this one thing about yourself and then score like this yeah, completely right. off the yeah. <laughs> But it's been extremely beneficial in helping like, okay, so this is your area that we need to work on a little bit more. And this is your area. But a lot of people don't take the time to learn more about themselves and even take simple things like that. And do the workbooks. You gotta do the work. Mm -hmm. You really gotta do the work. You do. That's, Absolutely. yes. I just went to Tulum um, in October. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a relationship um, workshop coaching thing. Hmm. Um, getting another certification. <laughs> She's like, why not? <laughs> why not? On vacation? I mean, what else are you going to do? <laughs> One of the exercises, they had me write down patterns in my relationship. Hmm. Now, you would think when we're talking about relationships, something I love, and you asked me about previous relationships, I can talk all day. But when it had me write down patterns in my relationships and in the type of people that I've dated, I had a breakdown mm. in that cafe. Oh, do tell. What kind of people? So what I realized... Okay, I'll give you the What's juice. wrong with you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm. Ask me today and tomorrow will be a different answer. <laughs> um, so what I realized personally in my relationships that I had dated men who had come from homes where the father was not present. And so if you look at kind of how history repeats itself, and in my example, I grew up with my father in my household, very much a part of my life, and my mom, and they were married for 20 years, somewhat happy. Um, but there was the emotional aspect that was missing from my father hmm. that I hear my, my mom talk about all the time to this day. And so when I looked at what that relationship did to me growing up, having my father kind of emotionally unavailable, what it did was taught me how to get the attention of men who are unavailable. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that became like this task and not that you outright. Like you learned how to master that. Yes, because anyone who was outright there was too much for me. Kind of like you talked about. It was like, oh, no, the guy that's giving you all the attention and stuff. I didn't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. And so there was a sense of wanting to be together as this couple, but then a very like independent. No, I need space. 
but I don't really like space. But I'm used to space because this is the way I would... <laughs> no. Why isn't he calling me? <laughs> but it's okay because I don't need you to call me because... And when I but looked at this, I was like, holy cow. Like all over the place, yeah. And I realized, like, these, these guys that I dated, they were coming from a, a sense of survival hmm. and within a relationship. And they were benefiting from my energy. They were bidding, you know, and I mean, it was a... Uh, they had so much to gain. Yeah. Yes. And I gained from them, but in a sense, I was like them because I was using them, in a sense, to like fill a void within me. Mm -hmm. And so when I realized that I was just like these people, it changed my world hmm. within an hour of doing that. And I had to like stop and really just think about everything that I had processed. Because if you had have asked me about the way I grew up, it was perfect. My dad was there. My dad's great. My dad was my hero. My mom, everything's great. But then when you really break it down and look at it and, and certain patterns, and it's not all my parents' fault, but it's just certain things that you pick up mm -hmm. from childhood. So yeah, so when it comes to like these dynamics and relationships, what's really interesting is that a lot of times we're also seeking to fix the broken parts of ourselves, yeah. right? So if we had like a relationship with one of our parents that wasn't really intact in the way that we wanted it to be, we seek out that same person to date mm -hmm. so we can kind of fix our yeah. parent through yeah. them. Yeah. Right? If yeah. we fix our man, then we've kind of like gone back in time yeah. and like fixed our whole childhood. And I think that that's a part of what we really believe is going to happen. But then what ends up actually happening is the same exact thing that happened during our childhood. Yeah. Because we learned, so you learn 75% of the things you're ever going to know in your entire life by the age of seven, which so I think young. is so amazing, right? You learn languages, you learn dynamics. Because one of the main lessons of children is to learn relationships. Yeah. And that's, what, that's one of the reasons I feel like kids don't talk. I feel like they don't talk because the whole point is for them to be taking things in. Because they're absorbing. Kids, like sponges. Right? They're absorbing everything. Because kids can learn sign language before they can talk. Right. They know what you're saying before, you, before they can talk. Right. They understand. They just don't communicate with you in that way. And I think a part of it is because they have to observe absolutely everything. And so you end up learning these dynamics that your parents don't realize they're teaching you. And when I, I hear a lot of people say, like, oh, they're, too, they're so young, they will never know. No. no, what it is is they might not cognitively remember, but your muscle memory remembers. Yeah. My girlfriend is getting her two-year-old. She's going through the terrible twos. Mm. She's getting her two-year-old therapy right now as we speak because her two-year-old is biting her. She wants to know if there's some aggression. She doesn't want it. She's like, <laughs> she, what do we do with this? Yeah, she's What's like, happening? Because <laughs> the other child was so sweet and just like so well-behaved. And this is... this. Bless their heart. They're both adorable. But this one's the complete opposite where it's, I mean, you would think the amount of like energy that she has and her rambunctiousness that she was a boy because she's like all over the place and controlling her parents where the mm -hmm. other one was just so sweet. So she's concerned. She's like, oh no, my parents should have got me therapy when I was younger. They didn't. Let me fix this mm -hmm. with my children mm -hmm. and make sure that I don't let any, you know, behavioral patterns develop or, you know, go with some things unnoticed because who knows, you know, what if she's the next, like, homicidal maniac? And so, <laughs> just playing. My sister was a biter. She's Me fine. too. She, she's about to be a lawyer. Yeah. She's a talker. And now she's biting heads off. Someone bit me back, and that's when I stopped. My mom's oh. best friend bit me back. <laughs> An adult bit me back. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, oh. And I stopped. See, but you learned that lesson, though. <laughs> it doesn't feel good, does right. it? Right, right. <laughs> 
Well, I like that. I think the therapy thing, and I do want, like you said mm-hmm. before, I do want us to do an episode on like the importance of mental health and you know mm-hmm. going to therapy because I do feel like there's so many things that need to be worked out that come from your childhood that we just we've neglected. We've like tucked them away to forget about forever mm-hmm. and it comes up and you know resurfaces back in a relationship and your partner you know I got into the crazy uh, I remember this moment because my fiance actually like stopped me and was like this is not about me this is about you right now I made him some food this was like years ago I made him some food and I was like you know was it good did you like it and he's like actually no like you know it wasn't that good but I was so hurt and frustrated and I was like well you know I can't believe it I'm never gonna cook for you again and he's like this has nothing to do with me not enjoying the food sometimes I'm gonna eat stuff I don't like you're experimenting he's like this is about you thinking that I'm questioning your ability to be mm. a wife and mother talk about it hello and hello. I was like did you just psychoanalyze me oh no you didn't and when I thought about it I was like oh yeah that's exactly how I interpreted it yeah. and I took it very personal because in my mm. home my mother wasn't, um, you know, the, my mother was forced to work, but she mm-hmm. really, her entire life wanted to be just a mom. She was forced because mm-hmm. she went through divorce and she was a single parent. But she took so much pride in the food that she made us. And, you know, that was her way of showing, like, I'm a good mom. Mm-hmm. I, you know, look at how much effort I put into these ingredients and cooking for you and giving each one of you every single, you know, thing that you wanted. That was her way of, too, bringing joy to herself. Mm-hmm. So it, I internalize that even though I don't really enjoy cooking at all, I internalize that as him questioning my ability to be a good partner and mm. you know, mother. And that stemmed from the childhood. But him being able to like pinpoint that and acknowledge that and check me on that right then and there, man, I couldn't have paid for that. That was that was a little bit better than therapy. That was some therapy. Right. Mind you, I still get learn. it, but still. But it helps you learn so much about yourself in that moment, in that cooking was more than just cooking. Right. It's more than just providing for him. It was literally your sense of, like, womanhood, your concept of, like, like being a wife. This is what it means. Yeah. That's deep. I like that. Yeah, and I got my butt checked at the same time. And it didn't stop me from cooking for him because I still have to cook for him. But... <laughs> yeah. You're sweet. My poor husband eats lots of toast. <laughs> You're one of them, Dr. Ali, one of those toast, toast makers. Toast and, uh, <laughs> and you put, like, broccoli in the microwave. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates anything that you feed him. We're vegan now, so now I actually have go. to cook food. So we're actually we're getting a little better. You're getting creative with those vegetables. Victoria, yeah, <laughs> do you see um, your relationship as, like, you being in the traditional stereotypical role? Or do you see you being, you know, more modern age, uh, not the cooking, cleaning, uh, woman that society expects. I'm from the South. So I actually really like to clean. Cleaning is something that I take out time for on the weekend and do. Cooking is something that I enjoy. I find it very therapeutic. Well, come over to our house any day. Yes. Just make sure you go grocery shopping because that is the part that I hate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The grocery shopping. The you know you can order on Amazon now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love spending money in all forms. Yeah. So... <laughs> Shopping, grocery shopping, it doesn't matter. Money is exchanged for belongings. I'll, I'll take, take it. it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, I cook all the time. And You should make, um, you should make me some meal preps um, so I can taste this cooking of yours. Yeah. <laughs> I need some. I start with a glass of wine first. I feel like mm. you just have to, like... Pour a glass of wine before you cook. There's something about holding the glass. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Loosen up a little bit. Yeah. See? 
So speaking of loose, loose. Mm. the naked truth is something that I make every single guest come in here and do. Yeah. And you have to answer a series of questions so that we can get personal and dirty with you. Okay. <laughs> so question number one, what celebrity crush would you crush? If you could sleep with any celebrity, who would you take down? Amari Hardwick. Oh, that is a good one. That is such a good one. Okay, Amari Hardwick is uh, the star of Power. And he was also on Being Mary Jane, which has recently just been canceled. I am <gasps> what? What do you mean? So what? upset. What? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. so side note while we're on the naked truth though. Uh, Being Mary Jane left off on the last episode uh, of the season where she went to get... Um, Artificially inseminated. <laughs> and oh, sorry, okay. So she went to <laughs> So now she's pregnant. But uh what's the green eyed bandit on the show that she's dating? Uh Mike Ely. Mike Ely. <laughs> he now is ready to be the love of her life and propose to her and have a baby with her while she's pregnant. With somebody else's Oh semen. That's real. That's the cliffhanger that you're gonna leave us on for the season finale. And then when Gabrielle Union posts yeah. oh, on social media that the show is not coming back because of 50 Cent. Yeah. Wait, what happened? What did 50 Cent do? Something about, it was very like... Is he like an investor? Did what, he, is he an EP or something? Apparently he has like a show right now on BET, but I think that he took a large chunk into... I don't know what he... I don't know if he's investing or producing a majority of shows on BET, but he replied back to like her post that I told you some things were going to change. So... That's admitting that you have something to do with being Mary Jane not coming back. Wait, wait, but just do some things. Do, does that mean that things are changing as in now Mary Jane is gone? Yeah, or does that mean Mary that Jane I'm going to try to have some power and fix the fact that Mary Jane is gone? No. No. He meant, I told you there was going to be some changes at BET. So how do we boycott 50 Cent? I don't know. How do we find, I work how in does the music he make, industry. how do we, damn it. <laughs> how do we? But I can't not play his this? records. Because I do, I love 50 Cent because he also created power yeah. with Amari Hardwick. Yeah. So I'm like, how can you at the same time give us power and take away Mary Jane from us? Like, what What are you thinking? Do we need to change.org this? First of all, there's a whole conspiracy because to me, hey, hey, I feel like this. Power is a great show, but it's also showing blackness kind of in a in a, in a less Jails, than positive light. And Mary dealers. Jane is really showing a more, to me, a more realistic view of, of like, black life. We're showing her healing. We're showing her growth. We're you showing know, her poor decision making and then her learning from those lessons and trying again and messing it all up all over So, again. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not here for it. 50, I'm hoping that you meant that you're going to change something to get Mary Jane back on the air. I'm speaking mm -hmm. directly into your heart. Directly your into soul. your soul. I need, I need <laughs> you to be here. <laughs> I'm friends. so <laughs> devastated. But uh, Amari Hardwick, okay. <laughs> so I, I know. Just had a for a second, because yes. I. But he is so f -f 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 fine. Yeah, he's so is. fine. He is. He's and he has fine. a brother that looks just like him. Oh no way! Yeah, There's they look two. like. I love twinsies. all these doppelganger brothers, like the Chance the Rapper and brother of the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> so cute, right? Yeah. It's like two for the price of one. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Next question. Yes. Uh, if you could travel back in time, what moment would you re-experience? I would have to say when I went through my divorce. You would re-experience that crap? I would re-experience it, not so much like the actual divorce, but the lessons that I learned from it. Hence why I'm here today with my relationship coaching. Um, 
yes, it changed me, but for the better. And I think about if I had have done one thing differently, mm. I probably wouldn't be here today. Mm. So, yeah. So do you feel like maybe you would have even, you, so you wouldn't have like tried to learn the lesson sooner or like even chose a different partner? I don't know if you can learn lessons sooner. I mm. think that they come to you when they're supposed to come. Poetic. Um, because, well, there have been times when sometimes we can read a quote or we can read a scripture in the Bible or we can read something and it not apply to us the way it does in two years. Yep. And so Preach. I feel like that mm -hmm. is why I would, I would relive that. Would I pick a different partner? I would pick a different partner in the sense of who I am now is not the same person who I was then and I wouldn't have attracted him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yes, in that sense, however, um, a lot of my strength and recognizing how strong I actually was came from 2009 when my divorce was final. So, oh. yeah. Sip to that. Congrats. Okay. So just to turn it up just a little bit, just turn the notch up just a little bit. If you could travel back in time to any sexual experience and partner that you were with, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who would you re-experience that moment with? Who would you with? Um, geez, you know what? When I first started having sex, it was sex to say you were having sex, right? It was like some guy that you liked and, and you're in this relationship and it was good and like maybe, I don't know, like he was cool. But now having a, like a spiritual connection with someone and having that also be a part of the reason why you're attracted to someone makes the the experience so much better mm -hmm. so much better and it's so much more fulfilling and it's it's freeing because you're able to like explore and and be this person that you are you know what i mean so when and, you say having a spiritual connection yes. with someone are you saying that you guys are like having sex and saying oh my god or are you saying that you guys are, you know, praying together, or are you saying that, you know, you just have a connection? Like, how does this spiritual connection have anything to do with the sex? So, sex for me is all about energy. It's an exchange of energy. And so, that's another thing that I think about the people that I had sex before, their energy. I was sharing that with them. Mm -hmm. Whether the person was in a good space sure. or a bad space, I was a part of that. And so when you have someone whose energy you bounce off of and you feed each other, I feel like it, in, it creates this kind of like overwhelming experience that's not just about, okay, now you have an orgasm. You know, it's not about that. It's, it's this moment that you're sharing with this person and it's so much more than physical. It's like a feeling of energy. So true. That's why I yeah. stopped having sex with atheists and only Christians now. Because it was like the energy that was being exchanged. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> atheists, you got a big dick. No. Just joking. <laughs> Just joking. Just joking. <laughs> All the anger fuels. But it. <laughs> give us details on the moment. Like best time you've ever had, which one would you re experience? Is it your current partner now? And if it's not, it's okay, please do tell. He's probably not gonna watch this episode anyways. Unless he will, but you still gotta give the details. <laughs> Are we talking like bubble bath, back rub, toys? Are we talking about back seat? Give me some juice. I'm not a toy person. Hmm. Hmm. Uh huh? Yeah, 
I'm not a toy person. What? Yeah. And like the, the bubble bath. Life does not condone the guests that come in here. Um, and we're not representative of any of the ideas <laughs> of our guests. <laughs> what? What do you mean you don't condone toys or you don't, you're not into toys? I, no. Those are like lifesavers. Those are magic magical dream. Do you have toys? Absolutely, Allie has toys. She's a freaking doctor freak. I do. That's I'm a freak. I'm <laughs> maybe I need freak. the right toys. Or maybe I, I need... Just, yeah, I just brought some handcuffs back. <laughs> okay, no, yes. Okay, that fun, yes. Okay, yeah. handcuffs. I don't own a vibrator. Oh. Christmas gift. Literally, he will be laying in bed, falls asleep, and all of a sudden you'll hear... Literally, that's my... That's, that's part of my life. Cause it's like it's like when when everyone's busy and everyone's working, especially like consulting when you're traveling, people are tired. Yeah. And then sometimes you're not tired on his most tired day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> sometimes I like it's literally like, have to hop on and be like, wake up, wake yeah. up. Oh. And my guy sometimes is just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> not again. But and I will be up at five thirty in the morning. If you'd like to meet me, then we can chit chat. But Damn. you won't be up. So. Yeah, no, that's... But that's a great way to start the morning. I need to start... I'm not a morning sex person. Oh, I... So I wasn't. Mm. I've been converted. Mm. What? I've definitely been converted. I used to hate morning sex. But when you get into a relationship with someone who body builds until midnight, you know, you take what you can get first thing in the morning. (laughs) Because it's really tired. And it's automatically hard. I'm just like, okay, like, let's get it in. And... Then we get to just hop in the shower and start our days. So yeah. it's definitely convenient. And you love the like. The shower. Yeah, you <laughs> love the shower, the shower thing because you kill two birds with one stone. Like, <laughs> get to take care of business. But I don't, I used to hate it. Like, do not wake me up out of my sleep. And now I love it. Well, when it's at a reasonable hour. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's great. Work. It's like everyone's in a good mood. The energy's going. See you later, bitch. Have a good yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, hey, yeah. something to think about today. during the day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Morning sex. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that to the uh, the agenda of things to do. Yeah. Put that on. Send him an um an iCalendar invite. That's what I do with Shay. <laughs> morning. Morning sex. So it looks like uh, November 11th. Uh, you'll have that time free. Mm-hmm. I'll be back in mm-hmm. town from travel. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. I was just having this conversation with someone. I'm like, you know what? When you watch movies and that new love, that new like, oh my gosh, we're just going to kiss up against the wall as we walk into the house (laughs) and all the clothes. I was like, wait, did I have that moment? And I'm like, oh, that's probably like in the beginning. Like once you're in a real relationship and you're tired in like real life, it's like, I love you. Okay, good night. Like, Literally, as long as we're touching, because life like, happens. This is sex. Like, Literally, we're, we're touching right <laughs> we, now. We've had sex. So, like, this yeah. Studies show <laughs> that couples that put sex on their calendar have more sex than couples who want to just have spontaneous orgasms and oh. think that passion requires it to be spontaneous. Like, I can't know when we're gonna do it. You not knowing when you're going to do it means that, one, it's not the for, on the top of your to-do list, so it's not a priority. The other things take priority in your life, from the kids to the work to, you know, school, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you have going on. And when it needs to be spontaneous, that means that it has to be at the right moment for you mentally to think that, like, okay, now passion is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got to tear my clothes off, or I've got to, like, you know, and well, myself not realistic. <laughs> no. The chances of that happening, slim to none. So actual couples that put it on their calendar and they're to do this, like, okay, babe, like, Wednesdays we're going to try to have sex. Like, it gives you something to look forward to. 
and it makes it on the forefront of your to-do list because you're like, I have all these things to do. At least I know on this day I'm going to get some. You have to reprogram yourself to not think that it takes away from the excitement of it. Because an orgasm is an orgasm. It's not better because you didn't know that it wasn't coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, you guys are giving me something to think about. This is really... Because me and my husband just decided to start scheduling sex. Schedule Because it's getting sex. to the point where we're just too busy and he's out of town and then he comes back and then I'm out of town and then I come back and I'm down for like two days after I've traveled somewhere like if I've been gone too long I am just like in bed like no don't even speak to me and so, <laughs> and so this is like I'm refreshed because I kind of felt like is this is this a bad thing okay that we're like talking it's, about scheduling sex no, like, it's, it's real a misconception that scheduling <sighs> sex is a bad thing and and the part of the problem it, with that too is that this whole thing oh, I want to keep it mysterious mm -hmm. yeah. you're also keeping the conversation mysterious and sure. you're also not discussing your guys' sex life because if you're not having the conversation open to be able to talk about like hey what day works good for me like okay mm -hmm. I, now I can prep and have dinner ready like now I can have you know whatever little toys out or you know whatever it is that you handcuffs. like or need handcuffs right. you know laying by the bed now i can have that and i can dedicate my time to it and as opposed to yeah because spontaneous ready. sex can be real nasty it can be bad sometimes it they just come back from the gym the, oh heck no and you're like, i wish yeah, he would I love put the gym. a smelly ball in front of me i'm like absolutely not please no don't eh, eh, don't I, I i love you but I love my There's people limits. more. There's so, limits. <laughs> yeah, mm -mm, can't That's do really it. Funny. But <laughs> but consider trying trying that. Yeah. Do you put it on the calendar for you? No, we don't put it on the calendar. But I feel like I got into this place where it was like, okay, schedules change, right? Yeah. I'm pretty consistent because I work a nine to five as well. So I'm pretty, you know. But someone who's an entrepreneur, who that schedule is. I'm pretty crazy. So I would be thinking like, okay, cool. Let me scoot up underneath you, you know? <laughs> and he's like, drained. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. And so then I started to like internalize this and think like, oh, maybe it's me. Like we're not having sex as often. Like what? And he's like, wait, no. Like we're, we still have like this chemistry. Mm -hmm. Like we are still You're cuddling. Busy. We're still, you know, like we still have romance if you will but it's not in the form of sex i had to change my thinking because i automatically assumed that like okay if we're romantic then that means sex and that's not mm, the case yeah. Nope. Yeah, so it took him like breaking that down for me i was like don't you try to tell me you're right got it <laughs> so yeah don't schedule it um but that's it sounds weird, but it does. you're right. Like, you're absolutely but just, right. I mean, and sometimes a lot of us have schedules and don't even know it. Like, okay, if you're having sex every Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday, that's scheduled sex. Just because you didn't send the calendar invite out doesn't mean that it's not right. scheduled sex. If you're expecting to have sex with him when you go over there tonight at 11 o'clock, that's mentally scheduled sex. True. So the other only difference is you're not talking about it. It's like the unspoken. And you think that that's more exciting than talking about it and say, hey, I'm, let me tell you what I'm about to do to you at 11 o'clock tonight. <laughs> right. Wear them little panties I like. But let me be honest. I will be the first person to go to sleep. <laughs> no. I will have this whole and idea in my head. <clears throat> Still didn't tell us Oh, what nasty little freaky things you did. Don't think you're off the hook. Oh, what nasty What moment would you experience? What sexual moment would you go back in time and do? So, 
I, this was the first time that I feel like I had been with like a man, right? Who was like, no, I'm going to tell you how this is going to go. So I'd went out one night with my friends, little tipsy, and he Jeez. sent me a text message and said, when you come in the house, I want you to take off your clothes and not say anything. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I get this text and I'm like, oh my God, like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? Because, you know, normally, like, when you're in a relationship for five <laughs> years, like, you don't, well, I didn't have that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So all the way, like, walking up to his house, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go. And I'm like, crap, I got on this dress with a zipper. How can I un <laughs> unzip myself? How am I, like, how am I doing this? Yeah. And I'm like, God, is my bun okay? And I'm like, oh, I smell like the club. And so I open the door and I go in his room and he's laying on the bed. And I'm like, <laughs> and the first thing I do is start talking. What? Yeah. First thing. You're nervous. I was so nervous. Mm -hmm. And he goes, why are you talking? And why are your clothes still on? Ooh. <laughs> Love yeah. it. Yeah. So he helped me out of my dress. And I remember when we, like that moment when like your bodies connect. And this was the first time that we had had sex. We had been Ugh, the first. dating for maybe like two months before like we actually had sex. And like all my friends were like, no, don't do it. No, make it wait, make it wait. And I was like, okay. So when he texted me, I was like, today's the day. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is just going to happen. Like screw all this of you guys, it. okay? <laughs> friends can't say nothing. Like nothing. we'll try it. I've been guilty. Um, friends have been guilty. We'll all try to tell each other when to do it. Don't nobody listen I'm to like, it. I'm like, y'all, I got your boyfriends. <laughs> like, no. And that moment was like, I remember just like jello. Like, my whole body was like, oh. Was it, but was oh. it good? It was good when I got comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because I was still like, I'm an overthinker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I was still thinking like, oh my God, like, you know, the first time I'm having sex with someone, like, how is this? Like, is it... Mm -hmm. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, you know? And once I really just, like, allowed myself to be in the moment, we we're still having sex to this day. Mm -hmm. Yay! Yeah. And that is what you call the naked truth, though. That's what I'm yes. talking about. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Okay. And then last question. The last thing on earth that you would do, okay? It's the end of the world. You only get one choice. Are you having sex? Are you sleeping? Or are you eating? So I can't have sex while eating. You can only get one choice. So I would probably eat. There we go. Bam. You wouldn't want to relive that little sexual, like take off your clothes when you come to the, no, you're eating? Oh, 100%. What do you need food for? I enjoy eating. It's very much an experience. Food it's a amazing. part of my life that like, I schedule. I schedule food. <laughs> Why do we schedule food, but we don't schedule sex? Man. I schedule food. I research good food. Like, I am a foodie. I even, I leave Yelp reviews. Like, oh my God. I'm a, I'm a casual Yelper. Yelper. Yes. I love that. I'm a good, yes. I, I just got into the Yelping myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm quick to tell someone, I'll leave a review. Yeah, I do use it to hurt people sometimes. <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> Yelp bullying. I use it to get what I want. Like, so if you give me a discount, I'll write you a Yelp review. Well, because I feel like this. Like, I have left positive Yelp reviews. Absolutely. But if something goes wrong, I will leave a negative Yelp review. And I will be specific. Right. Very, very. Very specific. Specific. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Make sure I always provide great food. service for you, Dr. Yeah. Allie. <laughs> okay. Body. That wraps up the spicy life. Thank you so, so much, Vic, for coming yeah, in today and talking about you. your um, new business for relationship coaching. And where can everybody find you if they want to get your services, if they want to learn more about what you have to offer? Where do they go? So my website is www.adjustingyourjourney.com. Love it. And what about yeah. your social? Where can they hit you? We'll do my adjusting your journey um instagram it's underscore adjusting your journey uh, my personal is at notorious k-n-o-w-t-o-r-i-i-u-s nice. and dr ali find me name? everywhere find you. allison hicks a-l-l-y-c-i-n-h-i-c-k-s yes spelled like penicillin a-l-l-y-c-i-n hicks so that's allisonhicks.com and allison hicks on instagram and you don't need to see my Facebook. And you know, everybody. You know what I've never <laughs> asked you? Because you always say that the Allison, the, like penicillin bothers you. The Hicks doesn't bother you. The Hick part doesn't bother you. You know, no one ever made fun of me for that. I'm like, why is the but, Allison part bother you? The Hicks part should be the part well, that Well, at least people can you. spell it. <laughs> people can spell so. it. And, but that's the reason I didn't take my husband's last name. Oh. His last name is White. And my last name is Powell Hicks. So, so you got Allison, Hick, but not a oh, White I Hicks. I Allison White Hicks. Ah, sorry, Heather. So, that's so yeah, so I'm funny. just Allison Powell Hicks. I did not. Dang, that's that. real love. If you took White Hicks. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just, when we have that's... kids, we're going to have to figure out what's going to happen with those guys. Right. Yes. Oh, wow. It'll probably be Hicks White, but um, yeah. either way, it's, it's going to end up being White Hicks at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're Dang. going to get made fun of. Oh, poor <laughs> babies. <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. Okay, well, you can always play with my Twitter and stroke my Instagram at SpicyMati. And, of course, you can go to thespicylife.com. And uh, make sure that you like our YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff when you see us. There you have it. You've just been spiced. Bye. Make sure that you click and subscribe. And you can connect with us on social media in the comment description below. The Spicy Life.